Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Big John Big Life Podcast. Big John here, and uh, today I'm flying solo. Why? Because I'm not doing an interview. Why? Because I thought that today would be a very, very good chance for me to update again what's been happening uh, throughout my journey. Although I've enjoyed thoroughly 100% all the interviews that I've done, I never expected things to go that way anyway. But somehow it did, you know, it was one interview after another and I realized, wow, I really, really love this. You know, it kind of gave me a chance to be the Larry King, Oprah Winfrey kind of thing going on. Learned so much, so, so much. Uh, and thank you to all the guests who have been on the show so far. Definitely we'll be featuring more people in future with more real experiences. But today I wanted to keep it a little bit about my experiences from the last couple of months. As you know that I've, I've shared in previous episodes that it's been such a nightmare for me in terms of injuries and gout that was stretching back to November and December last year. Unfortunately, even up to today, things are still not uh, the best. I've, I've actually just recovered from yet another gout attack, still recovering actually. So uh, towards the end of April, it started on my wrist. It was kind of triggered by something that was a strained tendon in the wrist. And somehow, one thing after another, it led to a gout attack. So the whole wrist was completely swollen. I mean, try, try wiping your ass and try cleaning yourself with one swollen hand. Uh, yeah, you'll get what I mean. And then after that, once this was okay, then suddenly, I started getting it in my, my left foot. And the left ankle started to swell. And then that started healing and then I got another attack on another part of the, the foot. And I realized that it had a lot of things to do with what I was eating. So apparently cauliflower, and I changed to this like um, much heavier on cauliflower uh, food plan uh, at the beginning of the year. And that's where it just nicely coincided with all these different gout attacks that were happening. Because for me, it normally doesn't happen so often. Not at least for a long while, it didn't. But yeah, that, was, that had been the challenge and I, I only realized in recent weeks why I was getting all this because I was so clueless. I'm like, wow, I'm eating well, I'm eating healthily, even like, and, and, I was, and it was strange for me because when I started the program in July last year for the, for the few months after I started, you know, the attacks were almost non-existent and I was happy and then it really finally hit me and I was like, ah... It seems like the cauliflower, you know, it was something that just triggered me to go and check on, on the internet, search for, okay, cauliflower and gout. Then, oh, you know, you, you have that moment, you, know, you, you arrived at that moment of, uh, of just a great realization of what you've been cocking up for the last few months. And I, at, the, at the point also, I was getting a bit desperate. I was, I was tired, you know, so tired of being in pain uh, all the time. I'm still in pain right now, you know. And... I wanted to just try out something new and also because of the lack of workout. So my weight kind of hitting a plateau of sorts. You know, I was hovering around the 127, 128 kilo uh, range. And I, I noticed that there was this thing called NSNG, you know, no sugar, no grains. Uh, and through the people I, I know, somehow I got in touch with, uh, or Vinny got, Vinny Tortorich, the, the founder of this No Sugar, No Grains uh, lifestyle, got in touch with me and asked to, to talk, you know. So I featured him on my podcast and I was on his podcast. 
And that's where I really started to, to learn a lot. So basically, during that, that whole interview, he was asking me, okay, John, tell me, what do you eat normally for, for breakfast? You know, so I'll tell him, okay, my breakfast before this, you know, I was usually normally having two slices of toast in the morning with an egg. And lunchtime, I'll have like, you know, 250 grams of chicken breast and I'll have a lot of cauliflower to go with it. And then after that, he asked me this question. So about snacks? So I was like, uh, normally I'll have a banana. Cut that out. Cut the banana out of your, your, your diet. I was like, oh, okay. But I love bananas. Yeah, but it's full of sugar. I was like, okay, you know. And, and he asked, what else did I have for snacks? And I said, oh, I really like oatmeal cookies. And I like to have oatmeal cookies with a glass of milk. And he was like, what the fuck are you? Five? And I was like, uh, okay. So this is going that way. Yeah? So I, you know, I just tried to take it all in. Um, yeah, I mean, it came to one point where the, the oatmeal cookies and milk thing was getting to become such a habit that I was, I was actually kind of having it before bedtime and I normally like, couldn't really sleep. Maybe that's what, that's what explains the, the weight and why it wasn't moving. Could be that as well. But yeah, so he told me how to change some of the, the food I was eating. He said, most of your, what you're eating is fine, but you need to make some changes uh, here and there. You know, this thing about the healthy fats, you know, I mean, when you tell me healthy fats, it's like, it's like someone coming up to me and saying, hey, John, you are the picture of perfect health, which I'm not. So this, the word fat and the word healthy, you know, for a lot of us still, it's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like, um, it's, it's, it's just something that can't register very well in my mind. But I was willing to give it a try. And, and, and even worse, you know, what made it worse for me uh, was that I, I was never a person to really believe in all these things. Like, ah, keto, bullshit. Paleo diet, bullshit. Vegan diet, bullshit. Vegetarian diet, bullshit. Pescatarians, bullshit. All bullshit, right? Because uh, I always believe that, look, if you're taking less calories than, than uh, you can burn, then yeah, you start losing weight, right? Of course, I'm not, I'm no nutritionist. I'm no dietitian no uh, fitness guru extraordinaire, but I only have the experience that I have to fall back on. And I'm not, of course, not the kind of guy to go online and to try and sift through the millions of pieces of information out there. So it was kind of a good experience as well to have someone to actually tell me where I could adjust. So I, I took it up, you know, and I, I decided that I didn't want to do it gradually. I wanted to do it, okay, because at that point of time, I was already on a very low-carb diet anyway. So it wasn't going to take much effort to change things. And so I did. So within 24 hours, my breakfast changed to this. Instead of the two pieces of toast and the one egg, I had three eggs cooked lovingly in butter, I might add, in the morning. And with uh, maybe four or five slices of either salami or pepperoni, whatever I had in my, in my fridge. And for lunch... Uh, I changed out. Instead of the, just the chicken breast, I, Vinny also told me that I, I needed to have something that had a little more fat content in it. So instead of the, the chicken breast, I started to diversify the type of cuts I was getting. So I was eating things like chicken drumsticks, chicken thighs, also lovingly cooking butter. And I also give some of the, the recipes for, for that, uh, if you like. Uh, with a nice serving of broccoli, sometimes I'll have a little bit of spinach on the side and a few uh, tomatoes. And for dinner, I'll have the same. So in, for, for snack, and definitely because I'm so used to eating, this, having this snack time to make up for those deficits in between, right? The drops in energy that I, I, I needed to have a boost. So instead of having 
because I used to have, like I told you, you know, I used to have apples, I used to have bananas and oatmeal cookies. So all those gone, completely gone. So I changed it to what he recommended me to do, which was to swap over to berries. So I bought a lot of strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, uh, yeah, all these things. And I had a lot of yogurt, Greek yogurt, nice fatty yogurt, and almonds, you know. One thing about this, this whole process, of course, it's not cheap, especially in Asia. It's not cheap to be going on, on, on certain food plans and diets because, look, bloody hell, Singapore's a tropical country. We're not going to find berries growing wildly everywhere. It was all imported. So my food bill definitely has gone up a bit. But I'm also trying to find ways to, to make it work to try and adjust it to, to what the Asian palate... I mean, not really what the Asian palate is about, but trying to find alternative ingredients to make it taste good. It's also very important for me to try and make this work in an Asian context because it's not easy to get all those kind of ingredients. It's expensive to get those kind of ingredients. And I think if we want a certain lifestyle to, to permeate a particular society and things like that, you have to make things that are, are very relatable. So I'm trying to do... To do this, you know, I mean, of course, who would have known that this this tubby would be all the way in Singapore would be trying out an NSNG lifestyle. But yeah, it's exactly that. It's a lifestyle. So, of course, there are some struggles with it. Food has always, always been a struggle. But look, if my lunch right now is, is having like a few drumsticks that's been, I like to call it boiled in oil, uh, boiled in butter, uh, then yeah, that's that's a perfectly good way good way to eat. I still like my veggies, and so I I started this thing about maybe two or three weeks, about three weeks ago, and one thing I've noticed that was very very important for me, that regardless putting the gout aside, normally I wake up in the mornings feeling swollen, all over, especially in my legs, but ever since I started cutting out all those things like the carbs and stuff. I started feeling a lot better in the morning. You know, not only was I waking up, not walking, you know, like John Wayne, I was also feeling more alert throughout the day. I felt like, wow, my brain could just do and achieve so much. You know, look at me right now. It's like 10 p.m. in, in Singapore and I'm you know, chirpy as can be. So that's what the, 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 the change in food has done, has done for me. And also the weight. You know, I, I told you I measured... When I, after I spoke to Vinny, I took my weight. I came in at about 127, 128 kilos. Right now, I, I just measured myself this morning. I'm hovering around the 122.5, 123 kilo uh, range. So that's about a weight loss of about maybe 10 pounds or so. I, I still can't get used to this conversion. But yeah, it's been, it's been really, really positive for me. And I believe that uh, as I go along with this, you know, the gout will slowly just not happen as often. So this adjustment has been pretty pretty interesting for me. And I think the most important thing here, because everyone has something to preach about food. I mean, wow, this is one of the worst things ever. It's like religion, you know, like, oh man, there's always a preacher somewhere. Shit. You know, you get so annoyed, someone's telling you that you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, fuck this, fuck that, and fuck you. And, and it can get really irritating, you know, that someone's trying to, to tell you that they know better than you. But I believe at the end of the day, okay, number one, for the preachers out there, just stop doing it. You know, a few gentle words of advice will do great, but don't go with that 
I'm high up on my horse and you're pathetic because you can't live the same lifestyle as me. That's shit, you know, because we all should be trying to help each other uh, through this process. And some words of encouragement, some advice about what they can do better is it's always going to help the person more than your preachy nonsense. Kind of like what I'm doing now, maybe. But yeah, you know, everyone's got an opinion about food. But you've really got to find something that works for you. You know, Dallas always says that, make it work for you, he'll say. And it's, it's an experiment because all our bodies are different. We all have different problems. We all have different issues, different health problems. So one, something that works for me might not work for you and, and vice versa. And it's, it's really that, that effort that you need to put in to really try and discover. Of course, for me, I was luckily, lucky that I didn't need to put in that much of an effort and someone actually told me what I had to, uh, what I had to do. Maybe some of you out there needs to have a little bit more understanding while cal calculating the macros and all that. For me, I'm, I'm still way behind that. I mean, if you ask me to do all that, I'd rather chew on grass, honestly. Because, you know, I, I love food, you know, and, and food is a part of, of, of life. Of course, also, it's difficult, you know, uh, getting through a new, a new system of eating and at the same time living in a culture that's full of food from every different culture. Uh, out there. But find out what works for you and, and just stick to it. You know, that's, the most, that's the most important thing is sticking to it. That's why I made that commitment. 24 hours, I was going to make those changes. But some of you might be coming from a, a, a much more difficult angle. So you do it gradually. Again, making it work for you. I knew that I could do it. I knew that I had the mentality to do it. And so I did. 24 hours and I swapped the diet out completely. And I'm, I, for me, honestly, and I'm Vinny's not paying me for this. There's no NSNG fund that's going into Big John's pocket. I'm just saying that it's working for me and, and I've never felt better. And, you know, it's, it's, it's brought me to the point where, okay, maybe I should just stop ordering clothes right now because I think I'm about to make the next drop uh, in sizes. So find, find, that, find that special ingredient for yourself, that secret sauce. And don't let anyone, you know, hustle you into doing something that you don't. No one likes a hustler. So I had this conversation with a, with a very good friend of mine. I will not mention his name because he's rather shy. And he's trying so hard to, to lose the weight. And I, I, told, I made this comment to him. I said, wow, you know, you're such an inspiration. And he was like, what, me? Such an inspiration? I never thought I'd be like this. And I told him this. I, told him this. I said, look, it's the same thing for me. You know, at 152 kilos when I started this journey, you know, I was, the only thing that would inspire is myself to finish those three Big Macs. Nothing else. And the thing is, you always have it inside you to be that, that inspiration for someone else. You might not inspire the same pool of people, but the one thing that you say, the one thing that you do, some action is going to trigger another round of inspiration for someone and someone's going to carry that on. And I think that's what, something that I, I'm constantly reminding everyone. They don't be shy to share your experiences to be part of this community because this is what's going to get us ahead together. You know, and don't, don't, be, don't be those kind of people that, you know, I want to collect all the followers. I want to collect all the followers here, but I'm not going to engage with anyone. I'm not going to give anyone a shit. I'm just going to care about the two, three people that I call my friends and the rest of you people just follow me and, and watch my greatness as I conquer this. 
You know, I can't stand that kind of high-handed behavior. I really cannot. But yeah, I, I, I never liked that because I always believed that we all should, should be active, active participants, active players in, in a community together. That's what a community is all about. You can't call it a community if it's only just you. So just remember that deep down inside of you, and even I never knew that I had this, that we have the ability to inspire someone else, to take action in their lives. And all that can only be driven forward if you choose to share, if you choose to reach out to others, even saying hi, giving a little bit of advice, you change that person's life. Don't ever discount that. Your life is definitely worth something. You know, don't ever call yourself worthless. Just stay away from those kind of things. Negativity in a moment like this with COVID-19 and all that is in abundance. But what you need to be doing is staying away from all that negativity. I refuse to let myself be covered in negativity. Some people might say, ah, you're just not being realistic. And I say, fuck you, I am being realistic about many things. You need to have that optimism to, to, to drive yourself forward, especially in difficult times. And why not drive other people forward as well? We are all trying to adapt to new situations, all trying to adapt to a new way of life, a new reality. So the last thing you need is people being negative around you. Either you're going to stay away from those people or you're going to find their strength to convert these people to, to be more positive. Negativity is a killer. It's a killer and you're doing it to yourself and letting people do it to you. Why? Then you wake up in the morning feeling miserable about yourself. Is that really what you want from your life? Everyone's like, ah, why am I bothering to live? You know, this virus thing is going to kill everyone. They're going to die anyway. I say, yeah. We all have to die. Every single day, we are dying. Each day, we are, gonna, we are getting older and we are all definitely going to die. If that's, if that's going to be all that's in your mind, then life is just not worth living anymore. There's nothing special about life. But we, we, we are living, we are breathing and we are waking up every day because we have a purpose to make the most of what we are given. And this is something that I, I, I shared with someone recently as well because that person was just stuck with so much negativity. I said, look, just stop it. Just stop it completely because you're never going to achieve anything if you're just self-pitying and miserable. So, you know, put up a smile. If you're feeling down, share it. Don't keep it to yourself. Share. And keep yourself around people, you know, who's, who's ready to drive you forward, ready to, to get you going, get the engine started. And then you can go out there to conquer whatever it is that you have to conquer. So this segment is the one I always do and I always enjoy reading from the Positively Unstoppable book, Dick John's Sermon. Today's passage is something that will really help uh, a lot of people during this time. Dallas talks about mental exercise. So I've developed a little mental exercise that you can do that's intended to inject you with a little truth serum. It goes like this. Write down one of your excuses and then follow it with the truth. Here are a few examples. They are the sort of BS excuses I hear all the time, followed by their truthful translation. Excuse! I'm not a morning person. And I have a very busy schedule. Truth. Are you nuts? I'm not getting the hell out of my warm bed 
a half hour early to work out. I'd rather pretend that I'll do it later in the day, but later in the day, I'll decide that I'm too tired. Excuse. I've always had a sweet tooth. Truth. Keep your fucking hands off my donuts. Excuse. I hate change. Always have and always will. Truth. I'm afraid to take a chance because I might fail or even worse, I might succeed. Excuse. I've never been able to stick with an exercise program. Truth. I give up as soon as it gets a little difficult. And okay, I admit it. I'm a lazy son of a bitch. You get the idea. So stop reading for a minute and write down three sentences that represent your negative self-talk, BS story and the truthful translation. Being this honest with yourself can be uncomfortable, but trust me, it's vital to this process. Now, I really, I really love this part because for me, I think a lot about my life has been running away from the truth. Um, I've always, I think since I was a kid, I've always wanted to run into this place where I felt safe, I felt happy from, uh, from all the things that were happening around. Um, I would create little bubbles for myself and, and convince myself that these created bubbles were the truth. Like for example, you know, never had a, a, a totally happy family growing up. So what did I do as a kid? Was to create the illusion to my teachers and to my friends that, oh wow, you know, my family's so wonderful. My dad did this, my dad did that for me. Um, and, and eventually you start to believe in your own lies. And it's the same thing as you go along. Uh, when, when I hit the, you know, the 330 pound or 151, 152 kilo uh, range of my weight, I was still in denial. And I would tell myself, oh, I'm not eating that much. You know, I'm only eating this. I think it's healthy enough. I don't understand why I'm putting on all that weight. Uh, it really, really, mm, I'm starting to see the light. It's truly because of my, my genes. My family's fat, so I, I, I'd forever be, be fat. Um, and the same thing, you know, that even when people encourage me to work out, you know, and, and do it, it, it's so easy for you to want to brush them off because you're like, ah, another skinny fuck trying to tell me what to do with my life. Uh, it's easy for you to say, right? Uh, and you, you try to brush away all that. And again, you stick yourself into denial that things are not as bad uh, as it is or they, they don't know enough about you. And so you treat, retreat into that shell of either creating that false sense of security for yourself or you just outright deny what has been said to you. Now that becomes even more dangerous because sometimes what people are trying to do is really for your own good. Now, of course, there are another group of people as well who's really just out to be absolute dicks. Uh, that people you have to watch out for uh, as well. But I think, uh, you know, with this part of the, the passage here that I, I, I just wrote, you know, it's really all about being open about yourself, you know, because you cannot lie to yourself. You know, once you lie to yourself and you fall for those lies, you know, the damage is even worse because you become delusional in, in, in that sense. It's not, it's not even about, oh, if someone tells you 
something about you long enough, you start to believe it. But this is something that you've created on your own. So you don't even have that avenue to, to escape anymore because in your mind, it's completely the truth. So do me a favor, you know, and, and this is something that even I had to do by myself. I had to really sit down and figure a lot of things out. I, I was doing something similar to this before, before DDPY um, and after, and, and, the, and the results are different for me as well. What, what I believe that is so important is that you spend some time, but as much time as you need to really reflect in a quiet place. I know that's tough now with, uh, with the virus going on and you might have kids screaming, but you know, find that little quiet time in the, in the night because this kind of quiet moments by yourself really starts to make you trigger. And, and not only did I, did I write down what the truth, the real truths were, um, but I, I started writing down and thinking and reflecting also what I had actually done to, to make it worse for myself. How was I enabling myself during this process that got me to this point in the first place? So, yeah, for, I mean, another example that, that I put down for myself was that I was a procrastinator, right? I talk big, talk a lot of smack, say that I can do it, I can do this, I can do that. But at the end of the day, not actually getting anything of substance done because I was just procrastinating. And it's the same thing that I was doing with my life. So for those of you who are serial procrastinators like I was, think about that. You know, you're, by procrastinating, you are, putting, you are putting delays on your life. You are putting delays into what you can succeed. You know, and I, I, I always tell this to people. I say, look, regarding, coming from the, the background that I did you know, and, and so many other factors, I shouldn't be as successful as I am today. But that's what that self-belief, you know, that being truthful for yourself can help you do. That you are able to fix the problems that are truly there. Not problems that you created as a way to make an excuse for yourself. Those kind of excuses, those kind of problems cannot be fixed. So, that's it from Father Big John for this week's DDPY passage. Let me tell you this. Subscribe.